Hey, hey, welcome back to episode six of Simply Complicated. I am your host, Katie Dean. I have just got off the call with Shannon Cooper from My Food Religion, and she is one funny and real and awesome woman. If you are into nutrition, but find the whole concept of baking and making everything from scratch a little overwhelming, this is your girl. Um, What can I say? But if you are listening around little kids or impressionable ears, possibly put some headphones in for this one because, um, yeah, we do throw a few expletives around, but that's what I love about her. Enjoy. Jen, how are you, woman? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I am really well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Simply Complicated podcast today. And just before, um, I will say that Shen's last question was, can I swear? And I'm like, (laughs) absolutely. So if you've got um, little people in the car, maybe pop the headphones on for this one. Earmuffs. Earmuffs, yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Shannon. Oh, that's okay. Thanks so much for having me. Honestly, you are one of the funniest people that I follow on Insta. Um, But, I mean, instead of me trying to explain what it is that you do, you do have, like, one of my favourite accounts, My Food Religion. Can you you hear – oh, my God, now the dog is squeaking um, (laughs) that duck. It's not me. (laughs) Oh, um, can you explain to everyone who's listening who you are, what you do, and then I will that will let them into why I love you so much? Sure. Um, well, my name's Shan Cooper. I am a mum of a very sassy four-year-old, Grace, um, and I started a blog. I think it was probably about six years ago now, maybe a little bit longer, I kind of got peer pressured into it by some people at the gym. Um, I was teaching um, group fitness and boxing classes and I used to share like healthy recipes um, just on the Facebook page with the with the people who I used to teach classes to. And you know what Facebook's like, everything sort of drops to the bottom and it's really hard to find something back in your feed that was there earlier. Yeah. So someone had said, can you start a blog? I said, fuck no, no. <laughs> I can definitely not do that for you. Um, And I don't really understand at what point I did get peer pressured into it, but I started a blog. Um, And I started a blog and thought, oh, no one's going to read it. Um, And apparently they did. So I don't know. Some people started reading it, probably just people from the gym. I don't know, maybe my mum, definitely not my dad. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, I don't know. It just sort of grew from there. So then obviously I started the associated social media accounts that go with that. And it just sort of grew really organically, which was quite fascinating to me to watch that whole process happen um my instagram probably really blew up about um, i want to say maybe three years ago um when g was little i got asked by um a kids website called kids spot (gasps) i remember this Yeah, yeah to do an interview and they were doing um they were writing a piece on just different dietary choices for children and you know they had a mum there who was vegan and they had asked me 
Um, I'm not really sure how I became the paleo poster child, but they asked me because I'd been following a paleo style template for probably about five years beforehand because I just wasn't well, had heaps of food intolerances and that template just started to make me feel better. So I don't think I was hardcore paleo by any means, but but anyway, for some reason they asked me to, uh, if they could do an interview with me for Kids Spot. And of course they wanted to take their spin on it and make everything sound extreme because, you know, that's what gets clicks. So the actual article that they wrote was actually very balanced and, um, but that's not kind of how the clickbait headline presented it. The clickbait headline presented it as, you know, this kid's never had carbs and, you know, stuff like that that I'm like, um, do you guys know what a carbohydrate is? Because clearly you don't. Um, But anyway, so that sort of went, went viral and, um, and then the Daily Mail picked it up and then it's actually still going around. So at least once a week someone will send me an article and it's been, it, you know, it'll be in a different language. It'll be in German, it'll be in French or something and I'll end up with this influx of like another 500 followers on my Instagram. Um, Crazy. And it just, it happens really strangely. But I think the thing that I really um, noticed from that whole experience is what assholes people can be behind their keyboard but anyway we can probably talk about that later but I got so much trolling and online bullying and so much that went around with that that I actually stopped reading any of um the comments on any of the any time that was posted because I would just end up in tears like in the corner of the room sobbing just thinking the fuck is wrong with you people why are you such pricks but anyway that's um, it it's yeah, so ridiculous. So, I remember oh. seeing some of the things and that's probably one of the – when we really started talking um, was when all of that was going down. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, so I started my Instagram and my Facebook and then I started running some one-on-one workshops for people in their homes, um, which I really love doing but very, very labour-intensive Um And just not a very efficient use of my time, especially at the time, you know, I was a solo mum, I'm trying to juggle a baby and, you know, work and all this sort of stuff. So doing one-on-one consults with people in their home that took a couple of hours and a lot of energy um, just wasn't the most effective use of my time. So I started running cooking workshops with a girlfriend of mine who's a nutritionist and um, we've been doing them ever since. And it's really good fun. We have great banter. We just work really well together um so yeah so now I sort of do um a lot of workshops that are just sort of real food based workshops and we do all sorts of different topics depending on um what we feel like at the time and yeah that's kind of my jam it's amazing like it's been I'm so glad that I've seen so much of um how you've shown up and how it's changed and how it's grown and it's really really cool because you're honestly one of the funniest people um (laughs) I watch because you've got this whole like your whole it's like this cbf policy which is can't can't be fucked which is the way that you do things with your cooking and the way that you share about your nutrition and it shouldn't be that it like I you like you inspire me like I couldn't believe that we could cook sausages in the oven oh my god holy shit I've been wasting so many hours standing at the stove like (laughs) rotating these snags 
When no. all I had to do was throw them on some veggies, put them in the oven and voila. Exactly. Turn some Netflix on and, mate, chill. Chill. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I will say as well, I've just, this is the, we're recording this and my puppy, my brand new puppy's got this toy duck. And so she squeezes it and it sounds like it's not a good sound. So if you guys are hearing that coming through, um, that's just Ruby making herself known. Um, and if I have to, you know, um, get my like fur baby mum discipline voice on, I promise it's not at you guys listening. So coming back to the way that you share things, you share so much of your life. Well, it's, you know, it's probably only like two minutes a day, but I feel like you get let us into, um, we get to see G, we get to see, you know, the way that you do things and the way that your outlook is. And you do it in a way that's so authentically you. Um, How do you handle the pushback? Like with that ridiculous notion that you must only feed your children, your child broccoli and all that BS that comes with it. Uh, um, I think I'm kind of used to it now. I didn't at the time. I I really struggled um, when all those articles came out. I really struggled with you know all of the comments were so negative. You know, like just people being very negative about the fact that I choose to try and nourish my kid with you know veggies and good quality protein and fruits mm-hmm. before I let her sit down to you know, I don't know, a bowl of Cocoa Pops. It's just not on the radar and it's not going to happen in our house. And that's fine. If you want to feed your kid Cocoa Pops, fucking power to you and jog on Susan. Like I don't actually care. I'm not here to judge you for doing that. But it's like everybody has a very, very, it's almost like a visceral opinion Mm -hmm. when somebody does something that is out of the ordinary. And I think what I've learned is that says a lot more about them than it does about me. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people who did have incredibly strong opinions about what I was doing are obviously just a bit uncomfortable with the choices they're making for themselves or their family. They're just not ready to do anything about it. And that's okay too, but it's easier to shit can someone else than it is to take a look at what you're doing and make some changes around that. So, um, you know what, it still happens, but I yeah. think I do try to be very real with people I think there's enough insta fake bullshit and you know people with a full face of makeup at 6am in the morning doing shit on their Instagram that I just I don't have the time or the inclination for that but I do try and make sure that people understand that it's not perfect like nothing that's going on in our house is perfect Grace will eat things that sometimes I just think that is not the most nutritionally sound choice but it's okay, you're not going to die because I actually know that the other three meals you've had today have been incredibly good for you. So yeah, whatever. Um, and I guess what I also want people to understand is that it's actually not that hard. Like kids are just small humans. They can eat the same thing you're eating. Yep. It just needs to be prepared appropriately. So, you know, I'm not saying go give your six-month-old a steak. Um <laughs> Don't be a dickhead, Susan. Yeah, but, back in your box, Susan. Yeah, yeah, but cook the vegetables appropriately, cook the meat appropriately, and the six-month-old can probably eat much the same as what everyone else is eating. And I understand that that comes with challenges and kids can be complete assholes. And you know what? Some weeks she loves broccoli. The next week I don't like that. I'm like, okay, mate, no Even problems. the same day. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's just a case of doing the best with what you can and don't let perfect get in the way of good. We can all make good choices. Sometimes they might not be perfect ones, but we can all have good options there. And I mean, if we're choosing to put really healthy, nourishing food on our plate, why why wouldn't we do that for our kids? If, if you've got fucking McCain's nuggets and chips in the freezer that's and what they want. know that's an option, mate, as if they're not hanging out for that. Of course they are. Yeah, totally. But and I take away that it's an option. Yeah. And I know that's like this will be triggering some parents out there for sure. Um, but that is okay. And this is what we were just like, this is what I was hitting on before when our triggers and when people are triggered and exactly what you said, it's usually comes when people react to something that they see like that. It's usually like through fear and uh, a spotlight being put on something that, you know, perhaps they, they could be or feel like they should be addressing themselves and then that's not always comfortable so um but I know from being in your orbit you definitely are not pointing the finger and saying you should do this with your family it's what this is what I'm doing with mine this is what works this is what I know and you know fill your boots whichever way you choose to go and absolutely and if once a week you have the time and the inclination that you want to try and make a healthier choice then I'm going to show you how to chop up some vegetables, whack sausages on top, put it in the oven and get on with your day for half an hour. Like That's it. It you doesn't must have, have got to some, be that hard. You must have gotten some weird messages from me like over the years, like, oh, my God, show me your ways. And I'm the first to admit like my philosophy, food philosophy is let it be easy. So yeah. I, we do have, and Archer saw them this morning, like I'm 80-20 very much like if I can get 80% of the food into my kids that you know is actual real food from the earth in some way shape or form like I'm happy but I will also I'm not afraid to throw a pouch at them if I can't if they're not eating or if this or that or the other so I'm totally you know whatever like that's just what's working right now. But it is funny. They're changing as they get older, but I'm not judging myself for that either. But I love finding new ways from you to... Oh, oh Ruby, no. <gasps> she just touched my... like. She was just about to chow... Well, she was chowing down on my indoor houseplant. Dude, I'm not used to this. Anyway, so when we met, you were comparing at the Utopia Women's Wellness event and I was just like a wee baby speaker Um, and we had a moment that day. That was the day that we connected. It was. Yeah, and I know you really avoided preparing for that event like big time. You were like... I I did. I did indeed. I actually, I remember that event very clearly. I remember meeting you very, very, very vividly. And I remember the next morning waking up just thinking, this woman is a fucking game changer. And I remember sitting in my pajamas in my wardrobe at the time on Facebook doing a live, just talking about banging on about you, just banging (laughs) on about how much I just thought you were the fucking bee's knees. Oh, lady. But yeah, it was a big thing. But why were you avoiding preparing? Um, oh, you know what? Because I have a massive fear of failure. And so 
procrastination for me is something I really struggle with and I recognize it now and I think I recognize it now more after listening to your talk at Utopia but um, I always knew I procrastinated. I don't actually think I really ever knew why and I think listening to you speak that day really helped me to identify that it was just a massive fear of failure and so my thought process going into that whole day of emceeing was if I don't prepare and I fuck it up, I didn't prepare so that's why I fucked it up. Whereas if I prepare and I put all this effort and work in there and I still balls it up, then I actually just suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's confronting. Absolutely. No Absolutely. one wants to feel like they suck. No, no, they don't. They don't. And I um, I still get um, – actually, my hands are sweating just thinking about it. <laughs> um, I still get very nervous. Um, presenting in front of big groups of people and it does make me feel quite anxious and quite stressed. Yeah. Um, and I still avoid preparation in those circumstances, <laughs> <laughs> even now knowing why I do that. Um, yeah. But I also feel like uh, for me a lot of the time if I'm asked to present or speak about something, it's going to be something that I know about. It's going to be my wheelhouse it's going to be stuff that I'm super comfortable with because otherwise they wouldn't have asked me to talk about it because clearly they think I might know something about that topic Mm -hmm. so also in my head if I can't get up and talk about something that's supposed to be my jam that you know I'm supposed to be passionate and enthusiastic about without having to have too much preparation around that I probably shouldn't be doing it um and again, that's probably just an excuse to not have to prepare, not have to prepare. Yeah. But that's kind of how I feel about it. No, well, that's true. That is all very, very valid. I remember you going, where did you fly to? And you were really anxious. Oh, uh, London. London. So you're not like, these are not just little talks that you do. Like you have been, and you are now an international <laughs> speaker. So let's be clear on that. Like you do know oh. your shizzle. Um, but you had, you were very, very anxious openly and sharing that with the community, which I loved by the way, because you still went through and did it, but it was really cool that you shared how. I think I had my first, first live anxiety attack on Instagram, which was good. Oh, (laughs) look, thanks for taking us with you kids for me. And I was just like, oh, there she goes. Like, <laughs> really not having a good time. No, and I think the thing. jet lag, the lack of sleep, and then just I think being there by myself as well. Like now most of the time when I'm presenting, I'm doing it with Soph. She's so and, funny too. And I just, that's a really comfortable space for me. I don't feel stressed or anxious about any workshops that we do together because I just feel like we both know each other so well. Mm-hmm. We know what we're presenting so well that it just flows if I can't string a sentence together I know that she will pick that up and move on and we will be fine um but I think you know being in London I was missing G I had the jet lag I didn't know anybody over there so I didn't know a single person and yeah I just remember going for a walk um a couple of hours before my presentation and just all of a sudden thinking I actually can't breathe like I just 
I cannot breathe. I cannot take that deep breath that I need to Mm. and then panicking because I couldn't breathe and then crying and then thinking, what am I going to do? I'll talk to 50,000 of my closest friends on Instagram. (laughs) That's what I'll do because they'll appreciate seeing me have a complete nervous fucking breakdown. But see, can now looking back, like all those things that you've described, you're on the other side of the world, you don't know anyone, you're about to give a live talk, you're missing your daughter, they're all perfectly valid reasons to be shitting oneself and to be feeling all the feels and nervous and anxious. Like I think so often we look around when we're feeling these things thinking we shouldn't be doing it and we're falling apart, but it's like, no, you're just probably having a really normal response to yeah. some, like a really challenging time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that at the time, but you, you it's still also can't very, stop it. Yeah. You can't stop it. And feeling out of control in that situation as well was just very overwhelming. And I don't know if I've ever actually had a panic attack before. And, um, and not knowing what that was that was happening and not knowing if that was going to stop. Yeah. And am I going to be doing this in the middle of a presentation? Because that's inappropriate. Um, yeah. So <laughs> just paper bagging really it. How did you talk yourself through it? Like how did you move through the like your first gigantic anxiety attack? I actually um, went and sat in a park and I took my shoes off and – I love being outside. So for me, being anywhere outside in nature is very grounding for me. So I I went and sat in a park. I took my shoes off and I just really tried to, you know, control my breathing, slow that breathing down, just, you know, do a meditation for five minutes. Yeah. Stuff that I just know that I needed to really help calm down that whole sympathetic nervous system that was peaking at the time. Um, and that really did help. And I, I don't, I honestly don't really remember. I, I'm very vague on what happened after that, but somehow I got myself to where I needed to be and presented and it was fine. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Well, we're all glad. So you were over there doing a workshop. What sort of workshops do you run? Because I'm fa- I've tried to get you to bring them to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. I will I will definitely come to Newcastle one day because I really do love Newcastle. I want to learn um, how to ferment all the things. Yes. So we do lots. We do gut health and fermenting um, where we talk a lot around gut health and the importance of our gut microbiome and all of the different things that that contributes to in our body. We talk a lot about poo in that workshop. Um, I love poo talk. Absolutely. And then we show people how to make fermented foods, aloe water, coconut yogurt, bone broth, um, digestive tonics and all that sort of jazz. Um, We do a batch cook like a badass one, which is all around showing people how to batch cook and meal prep and really sort of cook once and then eat many times. So we might do some sort of like slow cooked shredded chicken and then turn that into four or five different dishes. Because I think Everyone loves the idea of batch cooking, but when you think about it, often you think of making enough spaghetti bolognese that you've got to eat it for the next three months. Mm. And yeah. don't know about you, but I just that does not excite me. No. Um, so it's all around creating versatility with you know minimal fucking about, maximum nutrition. Um, yes. And then we do like clean snacks and treats ones. At the moment, we're running keto and low carb workshops because. 
keto's the new black and everybody is keto. Um, yeah. And so what, did I see you saying it's a really good year for celery? Does that on your <laughs> – I don't know. Everyone's drinking the celery juice. It's like I'm pretty sure oh. celery's been around for a really long time. But Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. it's five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So – um, yeah, so we're doing some keto and low carb ones at the moment because I think we've just we get so many people talk to us about keto and low carb and ask us about that you know they want to do it or what should they eat and I think we just realised that there's a lot of people doing keto really badly and they're mm. doing a lot of bacon fried in butter with a side of cheese yeah. but they're hashtag keto but they're also going to be very hashtag constipated and <laughs> hashtag cardiovascular disease hashtag exactly yeah. so there's a balance. We, um, yeah, so we decided to start running some keto and low-carb workshops, which are just really – you could we could really just call them eat more fucking vegetables workshops. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's all just really helping people to navigate. If they want to do a low-carb or lower-carb or ketogenic diet, how can they do that in the most nutrient-dense way? That still means they're getting in, you know, plenty of um, – veggies and making sure that they're still able to poo every day because it's very important well that is we all appreciate mm. the good morning poo or Absolutely. whenever it is there's nothing quite like it but reasonable fuck distribution is something that we've giggled about over the gram we either like tend to give too much or not enough so how do you find the balance with that because i know especially in with well take it for like with regards to food Like you are so incredibly passionate about it, Um, but it's that whole giving too much, not enough, and then with just general life things as well. Is there a balance that you strive for? Sometimes there's a balance, sometimes there's not. I think in terms of reasonable fuck distribution when it comes to food, I give probably used to give way too many fucks and used to um, probably be a bit, try to be a bit too perfect when it came to food and then would get very down on myself if it if it wasn't perfect or if I'd made a choice that was a less than stellar. Um, but I think at the time when that was probably in my head as well was when I was going through a lot of a healing journey in terms of, you know, healing my body yeah. and I probably needed to be a little bit more on the try and be a bit more perfect more often because you're trying to, you know, heal a leaky gut and you're trying to heal nutrient deficiencies and stuff like that. So um, I can probably understand why I was a bit too giving too many fucks on that. These days, limited fucks given. So I know that whatever is in my house is nutrient-dense food because I'm just – I will not go and buy a block of Cadbury dairy milk from the shop because I also know I can't have one piece. I will eat the whole block. So I just don't buy it. So – there's dark chocolate in my fridge if I want to eat some that's fine if I want to eat the whole block that's also fine but there's nothing in the house where I could actually just I couldn't fall head first into a tub of Ben and Jerry's because it's not here I'm incredibly dairy intolerant so I'd really just shit myself and it wouldn't be a good outcome there's multiple poos a day Absolutely. So (laughs) I think now I know that whatever's in my house is good quality nutrient-dense food and some nights I just don't have the time or the inclination and it is sausages and I will, you know, cook some broccoli and scramble some eggs and I'm like, team, this is dinner, let's just move on with life. Could be better, could be worse, but really it's fine. Yeah. Um, 
And so, look, unless I need to photograph it for the blog because I'm writing a recipe or I'm doing some recipe development, in terms of food, fuck, distribution is quite low because I know that whatever I'm preparing, it's nutrient-dense food. Yes, it might not be perfect. Yes, it might not be something that needs to be on Instagram every day, but it is what it is. I think the place I really struggle with fuck distribution mainly is people. Um, I generally give way too many fucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Until I get to a point with that person, then I'm like, okay, now I have none left for you. I've got zero fucks left to give. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it. That's something I really struggle with finding, finding that balance because I am probably a bit of a people pleaser and I do, I like to help people and I do like to be, you know, a good friend and a good whatever. And I think sometimes that comes with just giving way too much. And not realising when the time is to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you today. (laughs) Yeah, because no is a hard thing for everyone to come across as well. Like for many of us, learning to say no um, Mm. when to things that do not light us up, to the things that we don't necessarily need to do, but we feel like we should do. That's a really challenging place until you sort of, you know, build your confidence with that. Cause that brings up a lot of fears and things as well too. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm starting to get better and look, to be honest, I think I come across as quite an extrovert to people, but at my core, I am definitely an introvert and I don't like spending a lot of time with other people, like, no matter how much I like them. I don't really like spending a lot of time with other people. I like being by myself. Yeah. And when I do need to be in a big group of people, I need the next day to just be by myself. Um, so I used to feel like I had to say yes to all of the things. And now I just, I'm getting much better at just saying no and not feeling like I need to provide an explanation around that as to why I don't want to. Yeah. And if people ask why, I just say, because I don't want to. And, and usually that shuts them up. How liberating is that? Yeah, it's good. It's true. Like it's just no. It was like my friend was trying to get me to take these walnuts home um, to make a pesto. And I was like, it's just not going to happen. And she's oh. like, why? Why? Am I? Because I don't want to. I don't want to make <laughs> walnut. I don't want to make a pesto with these walnuts. I may eat them. <laughs> but I'm not fucking making a pesto. It's not who I am. I wish I was that person, but no, it's just no. And I ate the walnuts and I got home as they were, but there is yet a pesto to be made in this house. I wish I could. I wish I would. I don't eat, oh, you know what? I've said it that many times. I think I'm going to have to learn to make a pesto, but apparently it's not that hard. Oh, it's actually incredibly easy and you can put, anything in it well this is the thing yeah it's one of those things that's probably too easy that I'm making it hard oh you're definitely making it way harder than it needs to be I I am gonna promise you it would take less than five minutes okay well that's my time frame but I don't even buy pesto so it's not like I'm buying pesto to bring home and eating that I just admire pesto (laughs) I would love pesto I'm just yet to make it myself. I'm not great with the DIY stuff, although, you know, I have my moments. Um, I've just now got Ruby's just fallen asleep at my feet for this next 10 seconds, so that's so nice. But you have a dog <laughs> who I love seeing pop up on the gram, brown dog. Brown his, dog. His real name's Jax, isn't it? 
It is, but he doesn't answer to that anymore. We've tried, we've actually tried to bring Jax back um, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. We've tried to call him Jax and he blatantly ignores you. But as soon as you say Brown, he's straight over. He's made his choice. Like, absolutely. So his name is Brown. Oh, so I love watching him. Um, but you unexpectedly found yourself as a solo mama when G was like eight months old, didn't you? And your whole family's had a big shift now and it's so nice to see. Yeah, it was um, It was definitely unexpected. It was not what I thought my life would look like. But um, I think, oh, you know, we all have our shit. It's just different shit, isn't it? And yeah. Same shit, so, different story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and I've written about this on my blog, but yeah. yeah, when G was eight months old, I found out that my husband had been having an affair for close to two years. Um, and yeah, pretty much everything I thought my life was, I found out it wasn't. And it was, it was really, it was a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a new baby and seriously, I don't know, like, you know, when you, when you're a first mom as well, you go into this, particularly when you're a fairly capable human being and you're used to achieving a lot of things in a day Yeah. and then you have this baby and you realize that you have no fucking idea what you're doing and they have no fucking idea what they're doing and yeah. they cry and breastfeeding is hard and you haven't slept and yeah so much you know that and then actually yeah your marriage isn't actually what you thought it was either so have that too have that yeah just in case you're wondering and that's um we're really going to flip your whole life plan on its head here so buckle up buttercup um yeah i'm familiar with a sledgehammer type um scenario where everything gets turned up on its head I took the sledgehammer to my um picture perfect um relationship and well I say picture perfect but I made the call to leave there so I totally get that but what I love is now you are in a new relationship you share tiny tiny snippets um of that but it's so nice to see you come full circle and find like I love watching people who are genuinely in love not like a creep through the curtains or anything like that but I think it's so nice to see that there is another chapter there's more there's um there's there's the like there's the sequel to those moments where our life is forever divided into before and after yeah absolutely and it's great John is seriously one of the just the most incredible humans I've ever met he's probably um one of the most emotionally intelligent humans I've ever met as well and not just for a bloke like as a general human he is so incredibly intelligent and intuitive and he's just yeah he's he's a really great person and I do I think play my cards quite close to my chest with that relationship and not because I don't um, have faith in the relationship. I just feel like my last, my marriage was very public on social media and um, when it fell apart, I just felt like there there was so much there that made it even harder. Yeah. Um. 
and not that I, you know, not that this relationship's going to fall apart, but there's just some parts of my life because I do feel like I am very open on my social media and I'm very honest and I'm very, you know, willing to share, you know, most of what's going on in my life. But that I do just, I don't know, there's some things I just want to keep a little bit private. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it's not that I don't want people to know about Jono. It's just that, and I do, you know, share bits and pieces but it, it is something that I think I will always probably keep to myself because that's also not what my social media is about. It really is about me and food and G has always been a massive part of that. Um, She's so funny. The oh, hairdressing man. salon, I'm like, oh, no, what's she going to do now? <laughs> Poor Shen. You handle it like a trooper. Lucky I've actually got any hair left, seriously. She has a style. Oh, she wild. absolutely does. So <laughs> you have programs, you have ebooks. Hit me with them. Where are they, and how can the people who are listening get them? I do, I do. Um, so they're all on my website in the ebooks tab. So actually, interestingly, the first ebook I did was called CBF Paleo for people who really want to eat well but can't be fucked. Um, Love it. And it was all five ingredients or less, maximum um, nutrition, minimal fucking about. So. I did a CBF Paleo. I did CBF Paleo for kids. Um, and then I've done like a lunchbox workshop uh, ebook that I did with Soph. And my recent one is Fed and Fit in 21, um, which is not a bikini body guide. Yeah. Um, and it, again, is all around just making really nutrient-dense food that is completely appropriate for the entire family to eat. So just because, you know, mum wants to go on a health kick it doesn't mean that everyone in the house needs to eat steamed chicken and broccoli um because that's disgusting oh the smell it would smell like dirty tubes exactly absolutely exactly i no one talks about that about broccoli it's Mm. revolting i love the brock but um same as cauliflower and and cabbage any of those cruciferous veggies it's all the sulfur in them makes them smell like fart why Mm. it's such it's you know but yes sorry carry on you've got the program which i love by the way and you partnered with the fitness guy is it yeah with chris from the health and fitness guy he is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet he's just the most genuine down-to-earth He's just a good guy. He's a stay-at-home dad of three kids. Wow. Um, and he's just the most humble. Oh, he's awesome. He's also one of the smartest people I've ever met. So he's a strength and conditioning coach and he has coached a whole heap of Olympic athletes. Wow. He lives over in WA at the moment. He coaches the Western Force um, football team over there. He's just an incredibly smart guy but I love his approach to fitness and it's really all around just being fit and mobile for life. You don't need to be able to lift heavy shit over your head or, you know, run 20Ks a day. It's about being mobile and agile and being able to pick your kids up off the floor and not put your back out and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So he did all the programming for the fitness component of it and it's all stuff that you could do in the space of your lounge room with no equipment. Um, it's all body weight style stuff and it's completely scalable. So you could make it completely scalable. Yeah. To, to deal with any sort of fitness level. So yeah, he's, um, he did all the programming for that, which was amazing. Oh, that's so good. So I 
so what is next? What is next in the life of SC and my food religion? Oh, well, we just bought a printing business. Um, I saw that's that. weird. <laughs> pivot, pivot. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's weird. Um, so we, we now have a, a sticker printing business running out of our garage. So we can print like stickers and wall decals and do like heat press T-shirts and stuff. So I'm actually having a lot of fun with T-shirts at the moment. Nice. Um, and I just did a run of <laughs> of t-shirts that say more issues than vogue which is i did see that a bit fun yeah um i'm thinking of making up some that say no because i don't want to do it i would wear that (laughs) i would a hundred percent wear that for sure i might send you one um and yeah so we're doing that which is which is really really interesting um yeah, and then lots of workshops coming up. So Sophie and I are still going to just keep kicking on with the workshops. And I don't know. I've been thinking about doing another ebook. Um, I want to do like a condiments one, maybe like called Get Saucy or something like that. Oh, I like um, it. And I love, you know, the play on words, Get Saucy. It's like, <laughs> what about yes. a book book? Can we get you to do like a book book? Oh, you know what? Jono has been saying to me for about two years now. Do it. You need to do a cookbook. And I'm like, oh, so much work. I just, it's I just so like not. I commit. <laughs> it's so not. Honestly, oh. you could totally do it. Yeah. Maybe. No, it's it's not a it's not a job for it's not a job for at least this next six months. I feel like it's not a job for this year. So Well, fair maybe. enough. Maybe. Maybe next year. I feel like I'm chasing my tail. Like I actually can't believe that we're in May. I, I feel like I'm still reeling from Christmas and yes. I just don't – I feel like I've just been dog paddling this whole year trying to stay up above the, the water. So. Oh, man, I feel you. I just – I'm in denial that yeah. oh, it's Oki's second birthday on Thursday oh. and it's like, man, this is this – is, this is going. And then Arch is like, what are we doing for Christmas today in the car? And I was like, oh, holy hammer. Yeah. Okay. That's not that far away. So yep. Got it. Thanks kids. But I have one more question for you. And I always mean to start with this and I always forget, but you know what? Maybe we'll start doing it at the end. What is the bravest thing that you've done recently? Oh, good question. Hmm. Um, well, I think taking on this new business was probably the bravest thing that, um, I've done recently. It's, it's been a massive learning curve. Um, there has been quite a lot of stress around the initial stages of it, just because John and I both do not have a background in this and both just sort of looked at each other after a week and thought, what the fuck have we done? Kind of, um, yeah, it's like printing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the actual equipment itself is not difficult to use, but the programs that it runs through are really not user-friendly. So that's been a huge um, – that was it. Yeah, that, that was a huge thing for us to jump into. But I think give us a couple of months and once we really find our feet with it, I think it's going to be really, really exciting and really fun. You guys will be kicking goals in no time. And I know that I have 
tried to look for printing companies and that sort of thing here when I wanted like specifics done. They're not that common anymore, but they're still very much needed. So, you know, I reckon you'll be absolutely smashing it before you like in no time at all. Thanks. Well, hopefully, hopefully. And, um, yeah, stand by for your no because I don't want to T-shirt. I am all about it, <laughs> 100%. And I will just be, you know, with, you know what? You should also do cards so that people can just, like, pull it out and whip yes. it out when they just – it's like the, the red card. It's just like it's not happening. No. Like business card yeah. size that you just keep in your pocket and yeah. when someone's pressuring you to do something, you can just hand them the card and walk away. That's it. Drop it. <laughs> done sold oh shen this has been so so fun thank you so much for coming on the podcast that's okay thanks for having me i will put all of shen's details um down in like the show notes section and i'll be sure to tag you in all of the um bits and bobs and the posts and everything so you guys will be able to find shen that way but this has been so lovely i can't wait to keep on following and see what else is next thank you thanks for having me